following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, or as we like to call it, the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. You can also find us on Podcast One, thanks to that great partnership we have with Underdog. Also very, uh, very uh, happy and um, and humbled by the opportunity of being on Podcast One. with So, so many other good shows, so definitely check out uh, the network and Podcast One. You are listening to Sean Ryan and Sam Van Dam. Sam, what's going on, my dude? What up, man? Just enjoying this nice 67-degree weather here in uh, beautiful Orlando on a Wednesday evening. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're entering into the only two weeks per year that you can comfortably stay and reside in Orlando. So, <laughs> Right, right. You know, I'm actually yeah. looking, Sam, you know this, I'm actually looking at um, it possibly picking up a small um, dwelling down there just so that I can spend some more time obviously with uh, with my parents and spend some more time with you know my de facto brothers you and and baseball Lama and all that and spend some more time creating content for the show and you know um, I'm looking forward to it it always sounds good and then but you know every time I come come down there or, or go down there I, I quickly want to come back up to Illinois because it's a weird it's a very weird area and it's always hot but, yeah, uh, but man, Jan- January to April, man. Uh, it is money. pretty, pretty nice, man. It's yeah, and even October. Nice. I, I was talking to my yeah. wife about. Um, I was talking to my wife about having the the kids spend um, Halloween down there. Yeah, man. Uh, because that's that's something you know I've I've complained on the show ad nauseum about um, how weak uh, Halloween is in the uh, in the Illinois, the greater Chicago area, um, at least in the pocket that we're at. And so Florida, man, they always do it up, and we talked about this. So it would be pretty sweet to, to stay down there and then come up here for the holidays. But then, you know, once it starts to get super cold again, they just get the hell out of here. But anyway, that's that's something we'll be looking at next year. Um, thankfully, the, the business is growing. The books are selling. Um, 2019 Fantasy, Face, uh, Fantasy Baseball Almanac and Draft Guide is selling well. Go ahead and check that out. Um, the podcast is growing great sponsors, all that stuff. So it's very cool. But uh, hey, man, so uh, I've been working out this week, you know, trying to because I gained like I think I mentioned last week, I gained like 20 pounds or something in in the month of December alone. It's like all I was doing was eating, um, eating salt and chewing fat. So I'm working out again. and My body does not want anything to do with it. No, no. (laughs) I mean, that's this the time of the year. But you know, you're 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 much like a Christian Bale, bro. You can uh (laughs) Put it on and take it off pretty, pretty quick. You know, Christian Bale, you're, you're right, you're, man. Your twenty, your twenty is uh, is not a permanent thing. So, yeah. you know, you have a strong will when it comes to it. Then you know you will eat some plain ass food for a while. Yeah. But when it comes down to to putting it on for a roll, my man can put it on for a roll. <laughs> my man can take it off for a roll. Oh, Oscar so award winning Golden Globes, all that. Yeah. Um, on the show today, we we have a lot of stuff to talk about. We are going to have. Uh, I mentioned last week we are going to have Noah Strackbine on. Um, it was another uh, interview that I recorded. Um, you know, just kind of during the day one time uh, we couldn't get Sam on, and Sam and I are actually recording. We usually record late at night on a uh, on a Wednesday, but uh, I think both of us are dog tired, so we said, is there any way we can do this in the afternoon? Right. Please, you can spare us the, the late night, but um, 
Yeah. Eric, I mean, you know, I've been working on this book. I don't want to, to, um, give the title or let the cat out of the bag yet. But so I'm working on this book. It's a comedy book. It's like, it's not, it has, it doesn't have anything to do with sports. Um, Sam, you might know what it is. If you don't remember offhand, yeah, text I know. Me. Yeah, I know what it is. And so I'm working on it. And, um, and I was up until like four in the morning on Saturday, um, you know, getting some stuff done and, uh, and then, you know, I, I'm posting and I have an Ingram spark account now so I can post the book there, but they're giving me issues with, you know, every time I try to submit a file to Ingram spark, they're like, Oh, you know what? Why don't you buy Adobe Acrobat so that you can give us a file? And then I did it. And then they said, yeah, well, I don't like the cover of your book. Why don't you buy Adobe InDesign? I'm starting to think Ingram spark is owned by Adobe. Right. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you never know who these places are in bed with. Yep. Uh, anyway, so we will have uh, Noah back on um, at the top of the hour. Not the. What am I talking about? We're not on real radio. Top of the hour. What the hell? That is sounded that? good. It sounded good. We'll have Noah back on at the top of the hour. Now, That's weather right. on the ones. <laughs> anyway, very true. Yeah, um, no, sounded good. Let it roll. <laughs> okay. Well, there's no top of the hour here. In fact, the whole podcast is going to be less than an hour today. I can pretty much guarantee that. But we'll have Noah on. Um, but he's good. So we already had the conversation, Sam. It's funny. I wanted to get his thoughts on uh, the Pittsburgh implosion. Uh, we talked a little bit about it between you and me last week. Wanted to get his thoughts on t- on, on Antonio Brown. Um, and Smith Schuster possibly being the number one wide receiver there. He actually likes Smith Schuster. Um, he had made a, a, a lot of good points, and that's why we like to have the experts on, right? Because at a at a high level, you know, Sam and I, we can watch the games. You can say, you know, Antonio Brown, you know, he's the one opening up for Smith Schuster. Right. But he actually, um, Noah made a good note, and you can listen to this in, in a few minutes here, but he made a good note saying, you know, Smith Schuster to start the year, yeah, that was the case. But by the end of the year, it seems like most of the NFL defenses were kind of shifting their coverage towards Smith Schuster as if he right. was the wide receiver one in that group. So very interesting stuff. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to start today. So I was looking, um, it was funny, I was trolling through. Um, uh, BovadaSportsbook.com um, earlier in the week before the the national championship game, and uh, <laughs> and you know it was just funny to me to see the the betting action kind of evenly split. But you would think it was, but Clemson, man, they really gave Alabama an ass kicking, right? I mean, I didn't know they had Hansel, you know, uh, starting <laughs> at court, starting at quarterback. As soon as I saw that. I said, oh, that Hansel's so hot right now. They're definitely taking this. <laughs> definitely. I haven't watched Clemson much this year. I have heard about him. But once I saw those golden locks, I was like, man, this game is over. Did this guy's you- got some beautiful volume to his hair, um, some bounce. Man, he's, you know, it's just way too pretty to to be on the losing end did tonight. You, did you ever see, I'm sure you have, remember the Titans with Denzel Washington? And, yeah, um, And so they, they import this uh, California quarterback with long hair, and it's kind of like, I think they call him Sunshine in the movie. It right. always makes me think about that. Um, but, you know, the, the other thing is funny that you brought that up initially because I had a note here to bring up. Uh, he looks exactly like um, like Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. Uh, he looks, he's a dead ringer for the guy. Except I'll have he has to like, that. yeah, you, okay. you should, you should look that up. And uh, he's like one of the one of the lead singers. There's Gilmore, and then there's Waters. But he looks exactly like Waters, but with like straight strawberry blonde hair. Like like he like he like he removed a horse's mane and just like attached it to a, a just a nice flowing silky wig and, and put it on. But yeah, he you know what it was really impressive to me about him though specifically is that he's like a freshman i'm not sure i think he's a true freshman yeah true freshman true freshman that's why their one guy left yeah yeah i mean they had like a really good 
quarterback. And he was like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. And his uh, senior year transferred. Like I'm, I'm out. Why still have eligibility? A quarterback like, that guy, took, I'm not. Yeah. That yeah, took I'm not, after I'm not a, ever playing again. Yeah. Right. A quarterback <laughs> that took um, Deshaun Watson after the, the season after Deshaun Watson right. left on um, the team that took him. I think he took him to a, na- a national title game. If not, the, definitely the playoff. Right. And, uh, and he started the season this year as the starter. And then um, this guy came in and, and took his job away. And that was that. Hans- so. Hansel stole it, man. Hansel, man. Like. He's so hot. He's so hot. <laughs> so hot right now. So hot right now. The funny thing, too, is um, so, you know, I grew up being a Notre Dame fan. Like like my other teams, you know, they've disappointed me so much that I just I'm like a scorned lover. I can't I can't really get dialed into Notre Dame anymore. But, you know, I do like to see that they're OK. Um, right. And as we've talked about on the show, I do like to I, I do prefer UCF. Like if UCF and, and Notre Dame were playing in a national title game, I would root for UCF. It, right. it, it's gotten to that level for me. But that's never going to happen because, you know, UCF is a non-power five conference. We've gone through that. But Notre Dame. So when they got bounced by Clemson, I think they lost. What was it 30 to three, if I'm not mistaken? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Every, they lost like, by twenty seven. Yeah. yeah, the 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 whole Twitter, um, the Twitter sphere, and and everybody on social media, the uh, overrated Notre Dame, blah blah blah. Well, Clemson beat Alabama by more than twenty seven points. FYI, right? No, so. I saw I saw your tweet about that, and I was like, that's a very very good point. Everyone was jumping all over the place, but Clemson, yeah, uh, yeah, they they they're man, they they're a really good team. I wish I had watched them more this year. But I turned it on. I wasn't that hyped for the game because I just thought it was going to be an Alabama spanking as we've kind of gotten used to. And I ended up watching, you know, from the third quarter on because I was like, well, I want I want to see this. So um, they, they're, they're strong all over, man. I like the swagger they played with. And and it was it was pretty fun to see. Anytime Nick Saban gets beat, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I like it too. And um, another thing, just to kind of everybody, all football fans watch out for, is this is a quarterback, a freshman quarterback, who won the national title. The moment wasn't too big for him, right? He you know, kind of had balls of steel, um, put it up, and just shredded Alabama. This is a guy that is immediately going to be um, number one on the draft board for like three years. Like all the mock drafts for like 2022. Right. He's got to be the number one pick, or maybe 2021, or whatever. That whenever his first year of eligibility is going to be, because I I can't imagine he's going to stay in Clemson because he's going to be a three year starter by the time he's a junior. Right. It's insane, man. It's good crazy. For, good That's for that. Crazy. And Clemson's going to be around for a while, man. Because if you have a quarterback, it doesn't even. I mean, and Clemson always has great recruiting classes. They have right. talent everywhere. But if you have a quarterback, that'll get you. Right. That'll get you a long oh, way. Oh yeah. Yeah. If they have a quarterback that they know is not going anywhere. You know, like, you know, all these other programs, you have stuff coming in and out and you never know. But, you know, most of these guys just sign for the coaches or whatever. You you have a, a stud like this that they know is going to be there for the next two years. And you just lock them up for <laughs> for a ton of stuff. So and, and speaking of two of, uh, I guess, of Clemson, I mean, let's let's be realistic. Who's the other ACC school that's going to challenge them? Yeah. Is there anybody outside of Clemson? If you take Clemson out of that conference, what are they? They're they're a non-power five conference. Yeah, it's crazy. They're not Florida good. State is really yeah has really gone down the toilet. Miami, um, I guess Miami are they a 
Um, are they ACC now? Or are they? Like, yeah, I think I believe so. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, but, I, I mean, mean they did all that shifting like five or ten years ago, and it's hard for me to keep track. I think I think Miami right. because they used to be Big East. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Maybe West Virginia might also be ACC. But yeah, either way, nobody's right. really challenging this Clemson team. It's not no. happening. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I like to see it. Yep. Um, moving on to playoffs. Another thing I got from um, uh, actually Bavada um, Bavada Sportsbook. So. Very weird here. Philip Rivers has never beaten Tom Brady at quarterback. Can you believe that? I saw that. It was like eleven and zero or something like that. I, that that to me is shocking. Like it's not surprising that he's never beaten him in a playoffs, but to never have beaten them, a Chargers team never have beaten a, a Patriots team quarterbacked by uh, Brady. That was an interesting one for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and I saw Tom Brady like put something on Instagram, like a picture of him and Rivers, and it's like here we go again. I'm like, he's not, he's not really, he doesn't really uh, threaten you much, but this might be the year. So <laughs> I think we'll, it is uh, on the we'll Get see. Paid podcast, yeah. man. I, I yeah. was all, I was over the Chargers to cover. I think the Chargers are going to upset New England uh, this week. And I actually have, um, I'm not sure when it's going to drop, if it already has or if it hasn't, but we have, um, but you know, j- check out because um, it, definitely the Get Paid podcast, we're, uh, we're going into the lines and then kind of examining where the money is going. So definitely check that out too. Um, I think we have a special edition releasing this week on that. Uh, let's see what else we have. What do you think about Foles' magic, man? The magic of, of Foles. Of Foles, man. Foles is—he's never going to have to buy anything in the city of Philadelphia, no matter what he does. <laughs> you know, um, this guy—you know—is is is crazy. Um, and you know, you could tell he's—you know—he's obviously a backup for a reason, but. You know, when it comes to crunch time, man, the guy the guy gets it done. They had a little bit of help, you know, considering the Bears uh, couldn't score for crap. Yeah, um, right. But you know, um, like I said, he's he's never gonna have to to want for anything in the city of Philadelphia. Just last year alone. Yeah, um, interesting thought on that. So my my brother in law texted me and asked me what I you know what were my thoughts on the Bears game because again I'm in Chicago land, so I'm in the, the land of Bears fans, right? And they're asking me, you know, um, he asked me, you know, what I, what did I think looking at the game if one team dominated the other team or anything like that? And I said, you know, if I look at the stat, if I just look at the stat book and look at the stat book, you know, mm-hmm. first half, second half, time of possession, all that stuff, the stats are even, man. Um, like, you know, Philadelphia had two turnovers and they got outgained, but they were more efficient on third downs. They had more first downs overall. So the Bears yardage, although they out gained Philadelphia it was more like chunk yardage in between the 20s the stuff that didn't happen and you you mentioned Sam like they couldn't score for anything and to me what I said my 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 thought on it was um and I took the Bears to um get paid you know my pick of the week it was the one I missed by the way Philadelphia with 3-1 last week in in the playoff but um I I said look the Bears it, it they looked like a team that um, they were playing in a tough environment. They had the home field advantage, and the more experienced playoff team won the game. The Bears had their opportunities to win. They had their opportunities to close the door um, all the way down to the end of the game with the double doink and the field goal, and uh, couldn't get it done. So that to me, it was it was all about the team being young. You know, this is kind of a growing experience. Good for them that they got the playoffs this year. Um, unfortunately for them, their defensive coordinator has now taken a job. He's going to be the Denver head coach, which, Hey, you know, John Elway, if you're not you, John Elway, you know, you fire John Fox, then you hire the defensive coordinator that has worked with John Fox. Um, a few years later, John, John Elway, he might be going senile. I'm always talking about Ursay, the owner of the Colts. 
John Elway might be going senile. He doesn't really seem to have much of a plan there. Yeah, you were saying that, you know, kind of last, uh, I think maybe it was like two episodes ago. We're kind of like, you know, he's kind of all over the place. Um, and some of these hirings are really weird to me. Yeah. Um, like the Cliff Kingsbury oh, ones. Oh, yeah, right? going like, to Arizona, yeah. It's just a lot of weird stuff that you just hear and you're like, what? Like, you know, you have like guys that, that you know, how big these teams are and how big the coaching staffs are. And then they're like, oh, let's go get a guy who was fired from a, a mid-major yeah, right. You know, college football program. I'm not knocking him or anything. Good for him. It's just weird. It's kind of like, uh, I mean, he's handsome. Uh, he's good looking. Uh, let, let's hire him. Like, you know, it's just weird. It's, I just don't get it. Yeah, I might have to. I'll, I'll hit up uh, Bavada and I'll check out like the um, the futures rankings for the uh, for the next season. I, they're probably not even out yet now that I mention it. But uh, you know, I'll keep I'll keep that because everybody's going to be more worried about this. But I know there's going to be some numbers out there soon based on some of these coaching changes that are interesting. I think two two coaching um, changes uh, moves that I have liked so far. Um, I do like that Cleveland went ahead and gave the head coaching job to Freddie Kitchens, um, Freddie Mercury's. Um, really poor stunt double and uh, karaoke guy. I think we talked about that a few episodes ago. I think he wears yeah. that. Um, I th- think he wears that unitard, that black and white striped unitard. Um, yeah. On on Saturdays and Tuesdays is days off. But uh, no, the Kitchens. I think that was a slam dunk. I loved everything that he did with that offense. Interestingly, uh, Greg Williams is out though. Um, which I also, right. I think any team, look, Williams is very good. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, Sam, and I talked about this for a long time, so I won't go too far, but Williams is one of those guys that he'll turn a team around, but he wears on you like a Harbaugh, um, like a Jim Harbaugh. I don't think you want him there for the, for the long term. And, uh, and I think him parting ways with Greg Williams is okay, but that defense was good last year. So he, he really does need the support of a, of a ball hawking defense like that. So hopefully they make the right choice. The other uh, coach hiring I liked, for a change, I'm going to give Tampa Bay some positive publicity. Um, hiring Bruce Arians, I love it because, look, I don't like Jameis Winston. I don't think he's going to be successful. But in a world, in a universe, in an alternate dimension where Jameis Winston is successful— um, it's going to be with a coach uh, like uh, Arians who says, air it out downfield, take chances, stay in the pocket, get hit. And Winston is your prototypical quarterback for that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, I don't think it's going to work, but you know, uh, Todd Bowles is having been freshly fired from the Jets. Excuse me. Having uh, freshly been fired from the Jets will be uh, taking over defensive coordinator responsibilities. And um, that'll be interesting. The only thing I, I'm not sure about with Bruce Arians is, you know, he's got those migraine issues or maybe he's got like the chest issues. No, he's the chest guy. He's got chest issues. Um, Urban Meyer, the liar is the one with the migraine. I said that a couple of weeks ago and I'm, I continuously have to remind myself, but yeah, Arians with the, the chest issues um, and the stress and all that stuff. I don't know how long he'll be there. It might, you know, it might be a two season burn, but you know, that's what you need to try to hopefully salvage something out of Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. Yeah, I mean Jameis Winston's definitely going to give him some more uh, some more chest burn. So uh, <laughs> I hope I hope he's get I, I hope he's getting himself in proper shape to just get ready for this because they seem to really want to make this Jameis Winston thing work in um, Tampa Bay. So um, this is this is one last ditch ditch effort for uh, for old Jameis. Yeah, I hear you. Um, <clears throat> one other. Uh... One other interesting tidbit here. So I, I had this written down from last week. So the Colts won. I, I love the Colts. They're one of my favorite teams in the league right now in terms of how they're playing. Uh, 10-1 and one in their last 11 games. You can't ignore that. 
unfortunately they're playing, you know, uh, Kansas City in Kansas City. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going to happen there to me, these two teams playing, um, the Colts and the chiefs are playing the best football in the AFC with the chargers being a very, very, very close third. So I'm kind of bummed that they're playing this week instead of maybe next week. But, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't mind a chiefs chargers or a Colts chargers, or for that matter, throwing the Patriots in there. If the Patriots end up winning as they are currently favored to do. But, um, one thing about Andrew Luck, let me ask you this, Sam. So we've been uh, on some guy trips, right? I mean, we've been all over hiking, um, you know, doing these different things. We've been to the big city, the big city. We've been to the big city, the New York city. Uh, If we were on a trip in the middle of nowhere, let's just say, I don't know, Mississippi. And we're on like rafting or something. We're deep into uh, the canals of Mississippi and you just see a guy playing a banjo, (laughs) right? Wearing maybe like an overall, like a, but with one strap off. So he's like, a, got like a one overall barefoot right. playing the banjo or a whiskey jug. Right. Doesn't that guy look to you like Andrew look luck? Like in your, yeah, vision? he's on, he, yeah, you know, he's unfortunate looking. Um, I don't think he's unfortunate. Like my, my wife thinks he's by you. Definitely by you. Um, you know, <laughs> by you ready. By you. Yeah. And I think he's from like California too. And like, not from any kind of like, bumpkin type of background isn't his dad like yeah he's a well-to-do he's the one who's ruining college football (laughs) it's just funny like he you know he looks like he just you know opens his closet and it's just all plaid all camo and (laughs) you know (laughs) it's just just like orange hats yeah, you know, like, I, I, I don't like, know what it is. Yeah. My my wife thinks he's actually attractive, although she, I don't think she's seen him with the neck beard like being as fierce as it is now. So, right. but God bless him. You know, I I grow beards. I do weird stuff. Sometimes I'll walk around with a bad mustache. You know, nobody's as bad as Gooch when Gooch dresses up as uh as construction worker for his kid's birthday party. That yeah yeah Gooch should just I I don't really know what look he should go with. It's just uh, he hasn't found it yet. Um. <laughs> T- TBD. TBD. To be determined. <laughs> yeah. TBD. I feel like, you know, hey, we love you, Gooch. I guess you wanted a shout out for winning our Who Cares Fantasy League. But, oh, uh, that's right. Right? Yeah. Didn't you want one? So here's your here's your shout out. Yeah. Right? He won the Fantasy my, League using my draft manual, by the way. He did. And, and I had 10 tight ends. Yeah, you did, uh, man. You definitely cornered so, the market on tight ends. You never, you were never able to move them for other assets. But uh, I, I didn't. You know, I deleted the app two weeks into the season, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have to ask people what my record was. So, anyways, good, good job, Brian. Yep, Gooch, whatever your name is. Yeah, Gooch, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, so, Sam, I, on my Twitter handle, I have the uh, I have the icon made of myself. You know, not the icon, but the um, like the cartoon character made of myself. And right. I haven't gotten yours. I should actually get it today. So we might have your Twitter. By the way, I'm at TFS underscore Sean. That's S-E-A-N. Sam's at TFS underscore Sam Van Dam. As you gear up for the biggest game in the NFL season, Podcast One is teaming up with the Underdog Network to be your one-stop shop for all things football. As the big game draws closer, Chris Horwadell is joined by the Dan Patrick Show Danettes for their NFL postseason analysis. I, I, I don't disagree with you. This could be one of the ugliest games of football of all time, uh, which the Jaguars were already a part of one of those against the Colts this year, so we'll see sure. if they replicate that. Check out the Underdog Network and the Dan Patrick Show every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, let's play the uh, the Noah interview. I want to get Noah um, Strackbein on right now, so we'll play that tape. All right, and we're here with Noah Strackbein, still curtain, fan-sided. How you doing, buddy? 
Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So I wanted to, uh, we talked a little bit last week about the Steelers. You know, Sam and I were uh, talking about it, and I kind of teased that uh, you were going to be coming on the show. Um, I wanted to really get um, the, the anal- I guess, the analysis from somebody who follows the team a little bit more than me. It's easy as an outsider to kind of, you know, come in. I don't follow the team as closely as you do. Obviously, you know, you're, you're very dialed in um, there. But, um, I mean, just broad strokes, man. What happened at the end of the season? The end of the season got way too loud to keep it simple. Um, a lot of the talk has been loud teams win or don't win football games, and it's becoming more and more true, especially in Pittsburgh. Really what happened there, uh, I mean, obviously they didn't make the playoffs. Everything fell apart. That you could trace back all year long. But when it comes to Antonio Brown, um, nobody really knows. There's reports out there that Antonio Brown and Big Ben got into it in a meeting Ben took some shots uh, and then called him out right on the practice field. Then we found out neither of them even practiced on the de- on the day that the reports said this happened. So right now you just kind of look at it and you think Antonio Brown's freaking out about something. Something <laughs> happened. We just don't know what it is. Okay, so I mean, last uh, last week I know the the details were still fuzzy, and it seems like the details are just as fuzzy. I guess that's one good thing about the Steelers, right? Is you know you don't get a ton of, um, you know, people just coming out and using the press to, to formalize their arguments and all that stuff. But it is weird that to me that nobody's really come out with anything concrete about Antonio Brown or about any possible altercations. Um, like any, you know, like I would have thought that we would definitely know by now, or maybe you found out over the weekend or something like that. It's kind of tough because I feel like this has been boiling for a while. Um, and that's kind of what, what you're getting out of this is that there are tensions between, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, but Antonio Brown said it at the beginning of the year. It's it's just like Wi-Fi. Sometimes the connection is low, sometimes it's high. It's definitely a love-hate relationship between those two, and I think that eventually Antonio Brown just kind of snapped, whether it was Juju Smith-Schuster winning team MVP or he just feeling underappreciated in practice. Nobody really knows, but it's definitely been something that's been brewing for a while. You know, I, I think, and I'm going to talk about the Falcons here for a little bit, um, and I'm going to bring it back to Antonio Brown. So there's a method to the madness here. But the, um, I, I said, I, th- I can't remember if it was the Get Paid podcast or if it was Functional Sportsaholic. I can't remember who I was talking to. It was one of the shows. And I said, look, you know, what's going to happen? And I think it was right when Julio Jones, earlier in the season, when he still hadn't gotten into the end zone, right? So I think he... he I think he had three touchdowns in 2017 and he started the year slow with touchdowns. He certainly picked it up in the second half of the season. But I remember coming out and saying, look, you know, Calvin Ridley, um, I think he had like two games. I think he had three touchdowns in a game and then like maybe two touchdowns in the next game. And he was like, he was all the craze. Everybody's talking about him. I said, you know, the, the scary thing to me about this is if I'm a Falcons fan, is I know how um, you know these these fan bases work, and they start thinking like, oh well, Ridley's you know Ridley's now getting in the end zone, uh, and you know Julio Jones is asking for these contracts um, um, renegotiations every year. He's probably going to ask for it this coming season. So, slowly, the fan base is going to stay. We'll look at the stats that Ridley's um, producing. And then my, my argument when I was talking about that was like, look, you know, the reason or part of the reason that uh, Ridley is finding these openings is, you know, he has Julio Jones drawing a lot of coverage. And so, yeah, I liked Smith Schuster. Don't get me wrong. I do. Um, and if it, I don't know if you remember this. You might be a little bit too young to remember this or maybe you were following football a little bit earlier. But um, the Chad Johnson, uh, TJ Hushmanzada years. I always used to have the argument that like Hushmanzada, you know, from a fantasy point of view, hey, Smith-Schuster and Hushmanzada are great because they're getting their opportunities. But if they 
have to be the guy, and we saw it when Hushmanzada left, and we might see it with Pittsburgh, um, you know, if Antonio Brown leaves. I just don't know that those opportunities are going to be there. Can Smith Schuster put up Antonio Brown like numbers? I don't know, man. It's a hard sell for me. What do you think? I feel like a lot of people forgot that Smith Schuster, that Juju Smith Schuster was the team MVP for a reason, and it wasn't just because they felt bad. Towards the beginning of the year, yeah, you definitely had a Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley situation where where Antonio Brown was getting double teamed um, more times than not. And Juju Smith-Schuster was wide open or not wide open, but single coverage. And to him, that's easy. But towards the end of the year, once teams started to realize that Juju was becoming the main target, he got a lot of double teams that people didn't see. Antonio Brown was single covered most of the time towards the end of the season. Um, and Juju Smith-Schuster, when there was a double team, it was mostly on him. Okay. So, I, I do believe that – I'm a strong believer that if you put Juju Smith-Schuster at the number one, he will become a top seven to top five wide receiver in the NFL by the end of next year. Uh, you know, that's a fair point. And, and something else I mentioned too, I guess the counterargument to what I just said, um, Brad and I were talking on the Get Paid podcast that uh, released this past Wednesday, and we were talking about Antonio Brown. And um, and I, I'll get to this aspect in a little bit. And I said, you know, if I'm Antonio Brown, I, 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 I wouldn't want to leave here. Um, but again, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. What I did say eventually is, um, and I'm sure you remember this, it, back in the day before Antonio Brown was like a household name and everybody knew who he was, he was just kind of an up-and-coming wide receiver behind, uh, I think it was Mike Wallace at the time. And Mike Wallace w- wanted his money. Um, and as I said on the Get Paid podcast, you know, he went to Miami and famously, you know, his he, his face is on a milk carton. We never saw him after Mike. I Seriously, I think he's on Philadelphia now. Like, nobody gives a crap, is my point. <laughs> you know, when he left, when he left that, that wonderful system. And, um, you know, that could be the same case with Antonio Brown. And my concern for him... Um, Antonio Brown specifically, if you're a Steelers fan or if you're Antonio Brown fan or whatever the case may be, is is if you leave a system that has produced for you as a player and you've been able to put up these stats that, let's face it, he, they're Hall of Fame stats, especially if he keeps on um, on the team and on that pace that he's on. Um, to go from a team like that to, I don't know, a New York Jets who I've seen rumored, um, Oakland Raiders with their dysfunction, I, I don't know. To me, even if you're looking at you know trying to get a contract extension, to me, I always feel like you maximize your value as a player if you can produce in an offense that will always let you produce. And so, I, you know, I'm I'm nervous about Antonio Brown if he leaves. What do you think about that? I, I agree to to an extent. Um, I think that I would be nervous as well. And to say that he's going to continue having you know 15 touchdown, 1200 yard seasons is absurd. I mean, you don't leave a team like that where you have that much chemistry and stay that consistent. Um, But he's still good. He's still the best wide receiver in football. And even with the new quarterback, depending on where he goes, he should have the same opportunities to produce thousand yard seasons, you know, 10 touchdown seasons. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to fall off. I don't think that I think talent wise, you don't get better than Antonio Brown. I think work work ethic, you don't get better than Antonio Brown. And those combined they lead to success. So wherever he is, I, I, I have high hopes for him. I, I don't think he's going to be as good as he is in Pittsburgh, like you said, but I don't know. I, I don't see him falling off that much. 
Yeah, I, it, for me, it's all about the quarterback, though, is, is the one thing that we know is, hey, man, he's he's had that connection with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger from behind, you know, um, uh, behind center can just look over in his direction. It could be a run play, and then, you know, Antonio Brown just run a go route or a slant or something like that, and they'll just go off schedule. That's, a, that's tough chemistry to reproduce. And, yeah, I know you can work and try to get your timing down with receivers, but, you know, I, NFL fans, like hardcore NFL fans, know that it's, it's hard to do that. Now, if Antonio Brown pops up in New England, which I don't think is going to happen. New England would never pay him the kind of money he wants to be paid. But if he popped up there and had a Tom Brady, yeah, I'm sure you could reproduce some of that kind of magic. If he popped up in Green Bay, sure, I think you could uh, reproduce some of that magic. If you pop up in the Jets with Sam Darnold, I don't think you're doing it. If you pop up with the Cardinals with Josh Rosen, I don't think it's happening. And so, um, you know, I, I know a lot of these uh, these players have a healthy ego, and, and for good reason for Antonio Brown because he is a monster. Um, I just, you know, as a football fan, uh, because I'm not a Steelers fan, as a football fan, I really just hope that if he does move on, if he does indeed get traded, he goes somewhere with a quarterback that can get him the ball. Because it'd be a real travesty if he ends up in like, you know, I don't know, Buffalo and uh, Josh Allen's throwing the ball 50 yards over his head or something like that. Very true. Here's a name to uh, to think about, though, that I think are very under the radar and a very strong possibility. Um, and that's the 49ers. Mm-hmm. John Lynch said that he would have given up more for Khalil Mack than the Chicago Bears did. And if he has the option to toss a first round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for Antonio Brown, which is definitely reasonable compensation because they have the second pick in the draft. I mean, he, he'd like to get a new toy for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, actually, Brad and I were talking about them. I, I think I saw an article and the 49ers were there, and that was actually the the one that Brad and I latched onto as the most intriguing because, you know, I, Green Bay was in that um, in that mix. Washington was in that mix. And I said, you know, Green Bay, that would be interesting, but that's not the type of move that Green Bay makes. Um, you know, the, the big contract, although I guess Pittsburgh would be taking the, the bulk of the cap hit on the current contract, so Green Bay would only be on the hook for any extension years. Uh, but San Francisco, I think that would be great because you know Shanahan's going to be able to scheme him open. He's going to have, even if he's being double covered, I mean, just, just the scheme is so good there. And then you have a quarterback with Garoppolo where he can get him the ball. And I say even the backups because we saw Mullins and we saw C.J. Beathard this year in San Francisco. Even the backups can get him the ball. Um, so I do think he'd be produced there. I think that would actually be the one landing spot, you know, outside of the obvious like future Hall of Fame quarterback spots. Um, that would be uh, that would be super interesting to watch, and I don't think his production would drop off catastrophically. Although I do think it would drop off when you go from Roethlisberger to something else. If it's not another Hall of Fame quarterback, you, I I just think it's going to hurt at some point. But um, but let, it, that, that you did bring up a good um, a good point there too in the midst of that. So you said San Francisco with the second overall pick, you think that would get it done. What do you think like a team, let's say it was a Packers or let's say it was um, a Raiders. Do you think it takes maybe two first round picks for some of these teams? Like what compensation would Pittsburgh would you be looking for? And just to remind everybody too, they're taking, I think over a $20 million cap acceleration if they do um, trade Antonio Brown this season. Yeah. The final number I think is a little over $21 million and that's a tough. That's a tough one. Um, as a Steelers fan, you look at it, and at this point, you're okay with just a first round pick, um, as long as it's middle to like the front of the draft, um, twelve to one. That's probably reasonable just for Antonio Brown alone. However, looking at Amari Cooper and looking at Khalil Mack, you kind of see that there's a lot of leverage at this point because those players certainly had a huge impact on their team's success once they got there. 
And it's hard to say that Antonio Brown is not going to have that same impact. So you look at it and you go, if you are the Steelers, you you go, well, a first round pick is fine, but I think we could get a first and then another first or a first and a third, a first and a second, something like that. So depending on where it is in the draft, I would say it's a first and something else unless it's like the top seven to top five. Remind me, do you remember what uh, what the Cowboys gave up for Mari Cooper? It was a one plus, wasn't it? One plus something. Um, it was a first round, and then I believe they swapped sixth. Okay, okay, so it was fairly negligible. If I'm the Raiders, I don't know. I, I again, I don't really see it working out there, and I think that's more of a, of an issue with Carr. For some reason, Carr like just doesn't want to throw the ball downfield. Uh, that's another thing Brad and I were talking about on the other podcast. It's like, you know, there were there were open receivers that, you know, Gruden's scheme, they were getting receivers open down the field and Carr would take the check down, which is a little a little concerning if I'm a Raiders fan. But um, certainly the, uh, the Raiders, after the Mac trade, after the Cooper trade, they have some capital and... They don't have a <laughs> like a like a standout stud wide receiver. I think that would be a nice investment for them, but you know who knows how they're they're wanting to build. Um, that's an interesting one. So let me ask you this: so a lot of drama in this year, right? We're taking a step back, maybe a little bit more of a, a macro level here. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, we had the Le'Veon Bell stuff. Now we have some Antonio Brown stuff. What's going on organizationally? Do you have any like thoughts or feeling? Is this a Tomlin issue? Is it just you know maybe an entitled players issue? It, it seems something with the culture that is off compared to what I think of the Steelers. I think of the Steelers as stable, fair. You know, you don't get a lot of this drama, and we got two big pieces and doses of drama this season. You're you hit it right on the head with culture. It's a culture problem. Um, you can't really put it in the hands of Tomlin, although Tomlin is a player's coach and people say it all the time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he just gives in to his players all the time, but it means that he has their back and he does so well at getting them out of things that a lot of the noise that's in the locker room just kind of disappears in the media because Tomlin is so good at speaking to the media, at going to press conferences and talking him and his team out of so many things. Um, and that's a good thing. That's what Pittsburgh wants. But at the same time, it keeps a lot of the negative energy and a lot of the noise that's happening within the organization continuing to flow in the organization, even if it's not hitting the media. Um, right now, I think Tomlin's had enough. He hit a breaking point. You heard that in his press conference where he said for the first time in his whole career, he said that he there's certainly going to be change or that he's open to change. Um and then when asked if, you know, distractions could hit a boiling point or something like that, he said, certainly. And you just know that things are going to change to the level of to where Steelers fans want. And that's Keith Butler to be fired. It's still iffy because it's concerning that he hasn't been fired yet. Right. Uh, they fired James Saxton and Joey Porter, both of them. I mean, people didn't really see Saxton coming, but. They understand it because him and Porter were so close to Tomlin that it's kind of like Rooney just saying, okay, we're, we're eliminating your power, just kind of sending you a message. Things need to change right now. There's no more time. Um, so I think by the end of February, you might see a new defensive coordinator. If not, I think all changes within this team will remain as they are right now. Very good. Well, no, I, hey, I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, solid gold once again. Um, love having you on to talk to Steelers. And, you know, I'm sure we'll have you on in the offseason um, as we progress through probably after the Super Bowl sometimes. You're cool with that. 
Yeah, definitely. Thank you uh, again for having me on. Yep. All right. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye. And we're back, Sam. Oh, good as always, right, man? I love that Noah. Noah Noah is the city of Pittsburgh. He is the heartbeat and the drums. And, you know, he, he knows what he's talking about. Tell me something I don't know. Uh? I hope. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move it on. LeBron, uh, LeBron, we're in week three. LeBron James crotch watch week three. Where are we at, man? I actually didn't even look at it today. What's going on? Um, I mean, they're not playing great. Um, it's weird. They'll have like one guy play really good. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been kind of frustrating to watch. They actually, uh, they, uh, lost against, uh, Minnesota and then Minnesota fired Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> So <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that. What's going on with Thibodeau or like what happened there? Oh, I mean, I think that's just been something in the works um, ever since the whole Jimmy Butler thing went down. They've been trying to uh, get Tibbs out. But you, you rarely see a, a firing after a huge a 20 point win blowout. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that obviously they had it in their mind to like be like, all right, let's just get it to this time and then we'll we'll get rid of them um so um pretty interesting flip saunders son takes over as the team's new head coach chip saunders flipping no his no uh what is his name ryan saunders 32 years old picked up his first uh win last night when he is the youngest nba coach to get a win what's his background other than you know obviously probably you know going around to being experienced from his dad being around the bench well he was actual experience he was uh, he played at um, the University of Minnesota. Was a walk on, um, didn't play a lot, obviously walk on, um, and then was a graduate assistant for Tubby Smith um, for the University of uh, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota, no Minnesota, okay. and then um, and then basically has been in the NBA since. Um, so he has a good 12, 14 years already in the NBA as a, as an assistant, um, but young guy. Um, so, um, uh, they were really excited to get that win for him last night. They beat OKC and, uh, you could tell the players are really, really happy for him. So that's good. What but, was the dynamic there uh, with Thibodeau? Were they, yeah, because I know Thibodeau is kind of like a, a, a grind type coach. Um, are they, I mean, what's the move like? What's the, the, the temperament like there now? Well, Thibodeau was brought in basically to uh, elevate their two young stars, and that just never really happened. Carl yeah. uh, Anthony Towns and uh, Wiggins never really, you know, matured much under Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau's, uh he's old school, man, and, and as we talked about a lot on the show, some of the old guys are starting to get passed up, and if you're not, you know, you know guys don't want to get yelled at, you know, for two straight hours. Hell no, I would guys. You know, guys, especially guys making that much money, you know, like they're professionals. They don't want to get yelled at for two straight hours. They also don't want to play 40 minutes a game. And let's be honest, too, um, about the players, too. Night, the, you know, yeah, like, the players, he, uh, they're making guaranteed money, too. So it's just like, I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> right. So, I mean, their incentive after a while to win, you, you have to come up with other ways to do it, not mm-hmm. just berate them. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if Thibodeau gets another job, you know, down the line because 
you know, um, it's just not that that level is not is not working anymore. Um, of course, he's going to get another job in Orlando. <laughs> probably. No, we have our own uh, tough ass right now. That oh yeah, okay. Yells at people, yeah. So <laughs> they yeah <laughs> yeah. They, Read the room, DeVos. Able- Read the room. Well, Pay attention, well, please. He- <laughs> Well, R.I.P. to DeVos. He died. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, did he? Died. Yeah, he died like a month ago. <laughs> Read the coffin, DeVos. Read it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll probably, you know, give uh, give, Thibodeau, give Thibodeau his last gig. There you go. Um, the angel, so the can, ghost. Yeah. yeah so, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But, yeah. Uh, um, Wiggins had 40 points last night. They got a win um, on the road against Oklahoma City, which is a tough place to to win at. So, do you good think, stuff for the young guy. Do you think Saunders has the same type of offense? I mean, Flip was a, more of an open kind of scoring type guy, right? Yeah, he wants to. I guess he said he wants to to get out and run a little bit. You know, especially with these young yeah. guys. Um, so a lot of the players are pretty excited about that because well, I mean, Thibodeau's more of a grinded out guy. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't um, want to play a half-court game with those guys anyway. Um, right, I wouldn't. But, you know, some of these guys, like, they don't really care what the personnel is. They're like, I, I it's my system. I, I can I can make any player work my system. And I'm like, hey, if you got these young horses, like, let them out and run. You know, you can't, you know, you can't just let them, you know, Oh, I get he, it, man. Like Washington, you can't just stalegate them, and you know, and and just have them slow it down and grind it out. Like, man, let them let them run, man, while they can. You know, they're twenty three, twenty four years old. Let them go. Yeah, Washington. The Redskins drafted um, years and years and years ago. I think it was like two thousand, two thousand one. They drafted Levar Arrington, who was mm-hmm. one of the most physically gifted um, linebackers to ever come out in the draft, and like he was getting like LT, like Lawrence Taylor type. Yeah. Up. And he goes to the Redskins, and it was it would drive me crazy because you could see the talent, but they didn't want to put him in space. Like right. he could cover receivers; he was that good. And all right. they wanted him to do was just rush, like not even not even like entertaining or um, or like exotic blitzes. They would just want him to set the edge and rush. It's like, dude, you have one of the the best physical talents. And you're, you're, they're wasting away in this stupid system. Why? Because the defensive coordinator says, well, this is my system. Well, you know what? Change your system if you have personnel that can shine uh, anywhere else. It's insane. They LeVar Arrington should have been a Hall of Famer. Should have been a Hall of Famer. And uh, they completely – he had a nice career, made some Pro Bowls and stuff. But he just, you know, never got it together. And Washington screwed his career. Really bitter about it. You just wonder, too, like how many guys like you would love to know, like if you could put them in like a different warp mm-hmm. machine or something like what kind of careers like even a Darko Milicic or somebody like if he didn't play for, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Brown, you know, in in Detroit, like, I mean, you know, who who hated rookies and didn't like foreigners like you just wonder, like, what I mean, what what is a guy's career then, you know? It's just crazy. Yeah, so. I mean the 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 opportunity. Like you look at a guy like Wes Welker, um, who had a, a great career, and you know maybe right. someday on a seniors committee could get into um, could get into uh, the Hall of Fame um, because I don't think the, the wide receivers is so hard for them to break through and get in the wide you know into the um, into the Hall of Fame. But um, 
I don't know. I mean, we actually we, we had an interview with Don Beebe um, a couple of months ago. Like, can you imagine Beebe playing on the Patriots today with four two speed? Four two. He he was the fastest clocked ever. Um, forty yard dash. You always hear about just to rehash this this interview. He um, we always hear about how Deion Sanders had the fastest forty time. I think before um, um, uh, the guy who played for the Titans, like Chris Johnson, I think mm-hmm. um, before he broke his uh, or Chris Henry maybe um, before he broke the record. And and not only that, but BB ran it with the with the broken shoes. Like the soles yeah. of his shoes were flopping around. Like he just duct taped yeah. them together and ran it. And this he said the slowest time he ever recorded was like a four two nine. Can you imagine that? And now no, put man. one of those people put the, put him on a team today with the systems. Like all these guys that we missed out on, all these like all these black quarterbacks that never got a chance. Warren Moon right. wasn't drafted. He had to play in Canada right. for years before he came over. And thank, you know, right. thank God for him that he was a quarterback. But how many other quarterbacks did we miss because of the color of their skin? Right. Or because they got, you know, you, you talk about college, Sam, because like, um, you know, these five-star recruits, um, I know, we talked about this on the show a while ago. Uh, I know some people that played for um, a guy that went to UF and he didn't like Spurrier, so he transferred to FSU. Um, during the Bowden days, and the guy said that you know he was he was a tight end slash defensive end, uh, prototypical size. I think he was like six. You know, he was just massive guy. And um, you know, he gets to FSU, and FSU's like, yeah, we have like six of you. So whichever one <laughs> of your parents wants to donate the must to our booster society is going to be the one that plays. And right. you know, the, basically, your parents are buying your because you're FSU man. And right. I mean, all of those players, all those defensive players back then went to the NFL. And it's true. You're buying right. into the NFL. So how many did we miss out on? I don't know. That's why I always say like these players. I don't know why. I saw like um, there was some news this week. I think a guy had had committed to, if I'm not mistaken, he committed to Clemson or he committed somewhere and then decided to decommit and go to Ohio State or something like that. And I thought, dude, you see what the quarterback's doing at Clemson. And he's right. like, oh. Well, why are right. you going to go there to be a backup for three years if you're a five-star recruit? Right. Go, go to the University of Virginia, put up numbers against inferior competition, and uh, and get drafted. Number one yeah, overall I, in three I years. I don't get. Yeah, I don't get that. And you start to see like there's actually more basketball players taking like ah, I'm going to go to a smaller, you know, like a, I'm not going to go to uh, Duke and be like the fifth guy. I'd rather go to you know um, LSU. Yeah, an LSU or something like that. That's why Ben Simmons went there. Yep. You know, like I'd rather just go there. I'm still going to be on TV. I'm still going to fly a charter, um, but it's going to be my team. I'm going to get to as many things as I want. You know, basically got the green light. I'm going to go there, you know. Um, so, you, yeah, I always wonder with some of these quarterbacks. I'm like, right? why? I, I get it. You want to go to these blue blood schools, but like. I'll give you another name. Alvin Kamara. Mm. Alabama couldn't break through the lineup. Went to I think transferred. Went to a small school, and now he's Kamara for the Saints. Right, right. right. I mean, how many of those right now are we missing out on? Because right. all these all these blue bloods with the egos decide they want to go over to uh, you know Alabama. Oh, I'm going to be the starting running back of Alabama. F that man. Go go to freaking um, University of Florida and be right. their starting running back, or go to. I don't know, Oregon or, you know, and maybe those right. are bad examples. Maybe I should say like Kentucky or Kansas or like go to UCF, go to UCF, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. UCF, you, you know, can't break, is, you can't is, crack that roster, baby. Not the UCF roster. <laughs> you can't crack that but, roster. 
No, nah, but I mean, you know, get, get nah, a couple yeah. five stars. You know, it, it's crazy what can what can change. So, yeah. um, because you know, UCF had a lot of guys drafted too. So, you, it doesn't matter sometimes where you go. You, you still, if you if your goal is to get drafted, like they they'll find you, man. Like if you can play, they're gonna find you. Yep. But not if you go and you sit behind eight other people. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, uh, Jimmy Butler. What's going on with him, man? Uh, uh, he's just being a pain in the butt, and I wouldn't be surprised to see if they uh, if they uh, move on from him really? before the trade deadline. It's gotten that bad. Yeah, yeah, man. He's already yelling at the coach. He doesn't like. He basically thinks the offense should go through him. Um, so it's just really interesting. I I like Jimmy Butler, but I think Jimmy Butler thinks of himself on a much bigger scale than uh, than he uh, yeah. than he should be. You know, so. to me, you know, you get to me, you get one of those every so often. One of those things right. where he's 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 in uh, Minnesota. He, it was all this like crap. You know, he was talking. He he got out of there. Um, it looked like a match made in heaven the first couple of weeks there in Philadelphia. You get one of those, but then within six months, now you're already fighting and feuding with the other team. I don't right. know, man. He's gonna get max money, so I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but. You know, I'd, I'd be a little cautious, but then again, if I'm a GM, if I'm the Clippers or something like that, I mean, what am I going to do? Not sign him? Give me a break. Yeah, I mean, he's fine if, like, he's your one, maybe one A guy. Um, but this team with all these young guys, like, I, I just don't know if this was discussed or it's just amazing to me sometimes, like, the moves that are made and then it's kind of like, what? This isn't working? Like, did no one have a conversation? Like, if Jimmy Butler came there thinking like, hey, yeah, I'm going to be the man. These guys are going to, you know, and Simmons and Embiid are basically going to be, they, they're after me. Like, then we, then why are we going to ship, like, valuable pieces off before we have this conversation? If, you know, unless he said all the right things and then now it's just like, uh, yeah, no, I need to have the ball. Like, well, you know, I mean, that's why you never want to put anybody from Duke in any kind of position that matters outside of the medical field. Elton well, Brand, man, he's he's killing that franchise. Shut up, man. <laughs> I don't. Uh, El, Elton Brand, yeah, whatever. He only stayed a year. So let me ask Two you. <laughs> let me ask you this. So I saw. Yeah, I know, right? Um, uh, Parsons. Parsons is out. In, um, in Memphis, which I thought was interesting yeah. because I didn't realize this was happening. I kind of came across um, – I might have gotten that one from uh, Bavada as well. I can't remember. But um, I, I came across the article and I was reading through it, and he had been active for um, – Since the 21st of December. Right, and then not, been, getting any, yeah. not getting any game action. And they were talking about sending him the D League or G League. Um, but Yeah, not, and a lot of people are giving him crap because they're like, why don't you just go to the G League? He would have went to the G League. I know this for a fact, but he wanted a plan, a right? Plan like a return plan. Like, okay, I'm going to go to the G League for three games, and then I'm going to be starting to get back into a rotation. I mean, you are paying the guy 38 million for the next year and a half. Um, it would be in your wisest interest, especially since you probably can't trade him now, to see what you can get out of him. Um, and I think that that's where Chandler's frustrated is he's done everything they've asked him to do. No one wants to play more than Chandler Parsons. Um, if you think this is how he wants like his story to end. And that's why I get mad at people that like get on athletes that are hurt. It's like, if you really think that like, this is how a guy that like has that much pride wants his story to end, like you're 
you're sadly mistaken. Yeah, um, and you know people jump on. No it. one wants to play. You know, no one wants to play better than Chandler wants to play better. So. Yeah, I know the uh, the 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 narrative too about like oh he should have just gone down um, to the league. I, I saw that too, and then the article. Um, thankfully, it was a you know I guess a balanced article. It said look you know they, they didn't have any plan in place, and that's the thing that gives me that that annoys me about the story is it really just seemed like the GM just wasn't into him, you know, and then right. it was just like uh, why don't you just go away. And they're like, okay, well, I'll go away. Sure. How long should I be away before I can come back and start doing my job again that you're paying me for, by the way? Um, right. And, like, and oh. they, sent, they sent him away last year, too. Like, after they knew he wasn't going to come back, they were just like, oh, uh, yeah, we prefer, like, if you're not, like, around. It's like, you have so much money. Their, their GM is terrible. Um, Chris Wallace, he's yeah, notorious, say, yeah. like, notoriously bad. Um, so... I'm really pulling for Chandler to to get into a place, not just because he's a personal friend of mine, but because I know he wants it really bad, and I want to see I want to see a good good ending to this to the story. I always push for guys that come back, and that's why I was really happy for Joe Kim to to land on the Grizzlies, um, and so was Chandler. Like I, I think you know I'd like to see him go somewhere and and. And, and see him contribute to a team. So, yeah, I mean, he has some miles less, as long as the knees can stay, right? Yeah, I mean, that's always the thing. I, yep. I, I want, I want him to, you know, and and who knows if he, you know, went to a place that had really good, you know, team doctors and, you know, like a Phoenix a program, Suns. Right? Yeah, Phoenix Suns are world renowned for their treatment of players and getting them back on the court and. You know, I just wonder if, you know, he was with a team like that, if he if things would if things would be different. So who knows? Yep. Um, all right. So let's close it out. I want to do another, um, you know, kind of uh, more than half um, halfway through the season and all that stuff. But um, a check in. So I was lo- I'm looking at the latest Bavada uh, futures rankings right now. I, I shouldn't say rankings lines and Golden State, unsurprisingly, is minus 150. So they're the, definitely the favorites to win. But I'm going to read these off to you, Sam. I'll read the first maybe. I don't know, maybe 10-ish off. And I, I just want to see outside of the Warriors, who's a team that you think, if you had to like bet it all on for whatever reason, um, like if you were betting Gooch in a who can dress or who has to dress up as like a construction <laughs> worker um, you know, for Halloween this year, um, which, which yeah. team would you pick outside of the Warriors? Let's just eliminate them. Let's make it a little bit more interesting. Uh, so we have the Raptors at plus 580 is the next one. We have Boston at plus 950 is the next. Houston plus 1,400. Uh, Milwaukee at plus fifteen hundred, the Lakers at plus sixteen hundred, um, Philadelphia plus seventeen hundred, Thunder plus eighteen hundred, Nuggets plus three thousand is the ninth, and then it goes up from there. The Spurs would be the next team at plus fifty five hundred, very very distant. So basically, after you get to the Thunder, it's a big drop. Excuse me, a big drop off. Right. Hey, what do you think, man? Like, who, who would be your other dark horse? Would it be the Raptors at this point? I know the Nuggets were playing well, but they kind of went through a little bit of a patch there. Um, I still can't, man. I still, until I see Boston, I, I'm going to ride with Boston, even yeah. though I know they're, you know, um, I just have, I, you know, I, I feel like they have some untapped talent and untapped, you know, rotations that they haven't figured out yet. Um, that I believe they will. Um, we're not even to, you know, all-star break. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to still ride with the, with Kyrie and the Celtics. Yeah. 
Well, I think we could probably wrap up the show there. Uh, it's a good one. We talked about, we had a really, actually, a longer episode than I thought we were going to be. A pretty lively discussion uh, about a few things. So, wrap it up there. Unless, Sam, you got anything else for the week, man? I got nothing, man. Everyone be good out there. Be good.